Father in heaven, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the beautiful day that we are enjoying today. Thank you for your protection, your care. And please help us in this work um, that we are going to be working together to foster our mission into different and diverse groups, especially our um, brethren in this community of faith. Be with us in the presentation. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, just um, sometimes, I don't know if you, if you are in a, in a hotel or something like that, please, um, after you, you check it around, you can, you can check. Uh, um, there are several versions of, of the Book of Mormon. Yesterday we were talking about a little bit about what are the canonical background for the Mormons. And of course, they believe in the Bible, and I mentioned yesterday that they believe uh, with an exception, that is the article of faith number eight, and I'm going to, to, to mention. This is in Spanish, and this is in English, the same thing. What about Hungarian? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? I'm in uh, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to bring just. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I'm going to have it in Hungarian for tomorrow here uh, in Michigan, but. Um, just to, to let you know, this, this is a version in which there is the Book of Mormon, Doctrines and Covenants, and the Peel of Great Praise. That, the other that I give um, to my friend over there, is a blue version, it's just the, the Book of Mormon. It's the one that you might be able to find in some hotels belonging to Fairfield in Marriott or, you know. Uh, all those who are um, downtown Salt Lake City uh, headquarters, you are going to find out a little bit about that. Yesterday, we started my presentation. I'm going to review a little bit because today um, I, I do have the PowerPoint presentation. It's going to help me a little bit. We are talking about a world movement that is world-leash but it's not in the same amount of countries like the Seventh-day Adventist Church, by the way. There are countries in which Mormons are not represented. And, um, and you can check online about that because last year they had um, um, a constituency and a world congress with a lot of information and everything is available. They are in the world. 16,118,169, that is April 2018. At the beginning of the year, I've been checking that, and so I couldn't find out too many more, but I am updating this book that I wrote in Spanish, and I'm going to have it um, in Spanish this year. I don't know if I'm going to work a little bit with this in English. Uh, I, am, I am surprised that um, many people here are attending. I've been telling my wife that every time that I did a presentation regarding this topic, uh, surprises me the attendance that uh, we do have, because apparently there is um, um, or family, friend, or somebody else um, here um, with a kind of relationship. But 
So probably I'm going to make an effort and put it in English if I can. Because all the, by the way, all the ver, all the quotations, all the references in the in the bibliographic that I am working with, it is in English, of of course, because that is that is the point. So yesterday we were surveying. I'm going to repeat a little bit about uh, this today. That Joseph Smith is the basis of the Mormonism. Uh, of course, um, he was born in um, um, December the 23rd. And Joseph Smith is born in Sharon, Vermont. And in 1820, he, um, he refers to have the first vision. And Joseph Smith found the, the, uh, in 1823 the golden plates, but they are going to be released in 1827. Um, and we are going to probably between tomorrow or Thursday. I'm going to to take more than 20 minutes of my presentation regarding these these two dates, 1823 and 1827. Let me get back to you. Let me get back to you. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to enter into the tale into this topic because it is important. And, um, and in 1827, um, September the 22nd, Joseph Smith received the golden plate that is the basis of this book, according um, to the reference that it says. So when you open the Book of Mormon, you are going to see from the beginning the testimony of three witnesses that saw the book. And after that, the testimony of eight witnesses. So we are going to work out on maybe tomorrow regarding that, because it is important. Keep in mind that, and we are going to, to make a reference in between that and Doctrines and Covenants chapter 5, because in that kind of connection, we are going to be working something regarding to them. Because let me share with you that... Um, I am with a burden with these people. They are good people in, in, in this community. And I, I think that we need to do something in, in favor of that. Um, there, there was a hand over there. Could you go back for just a second? That one? So we found the place five years before you received the place. No, the, 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 the yes. The, there were in Hilkumora, but was, was, were not released to him until 1827. And, and, and we, are going to, we are going to get back into this topic because it, it, this is important. Uh, keep in mind this, please. Um, and also the question, because we are going to dig in um, regarding uh, this topic. It's, it is important, your question, and it's important what we are going to see here. So um, he received that, and this is here Kumora. You see, uh, this, this, is, this is my, uh, my self-filming. I went to a patient event that they normally do have every single year, and I understand that they are going to have this event. And uh, let me share with you that this is a kind of... Um, Hollywood kind of presentation. Very powerful, the way in which they are going to work the presentation. And you see the, the, 
there is a lot of people. By the way, when, when we reach the place, we park over here with my family. So we were walking a lot to find a place, but they didn't give me permission to, to tape, you know. Uh, I, I didn't give my name to them, but um, don't worry. Uh, uh, because I, by the way, I wrote a book about them, and they answered. I'm going to show you some of the things that they put on the internet in Spanish. So this is in the top of the uh, Hill Kumora, and, um, and there is a kind of remembrance for them, and they, they do have a center for the visitors, and, and they are very well prepared to attend all the visitors. And they are having uh, people coming from all over the world to, to visit, especially in that, in that um, month, that is July. Remember something, if you check into the, into the Google Maps, you are going to find out Hilkumora is about, what, maybe um, six, seven miles away from Palmyra. Uh, that is the, the place in which it was the center of the first printing of the Book of Mormon. So that's the reason why um, that is important for some reason. And I think that is financial reasons. Uh, they are not going to perform this any longer from this year on. I guess this, or 2019 or 2020, according to my understanding, what I check on, they are not going to repeat this event. But by the way, this is for free. And, 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 and the display is, is, in my view, in my view, is very expensive one. Um, the, the platform is that kind of is that kind of thing that you are going to 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 see and in about what maybe two hours uh, because it's July so in between uh, nine-ish uh, uh, around this time in July until maybe eleven fifteen they are going to give you a general picture of the historical background of the Book of Mormon. So the display that they represent into that, let me tell you, is grandiose, to use one um, awesome word, because um, there is a lot, lot of people involved in the actuation, in the sketches, um, and uh, and I am trying to focus from the distance in order that uh, you may have a, 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 an idea of that. Oh, of course, this is, a, this is just a, a clip uh, about that. In 1829, the three witnesses, and when I speak about the three witnesses, I am referring to them, into this. I don't know if you have the Book of Mormon over there someplace. But when you, yes, when you, when you open the Book of Mormon, the first thing that you are going to see, I'm sorry that I'm with this, uh, for some reason, but uh, you, the first thing is you find is this page and says, well, I have the Spanish version. I can read it, but uh, 
I don't know if it's... Um, could you read it from the testimony of the three witnesses here at the beginning over there? Just at the beginning, yeah. Be it known unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, unto whom it, this work shall come, that we, through the grace of God the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, have seen the place which contained this record, which is the record of the people of Nephi, and also the Lamanites, their brethren, and also the people of Jared, who came from the tower of which have, oh, I have my glasses, sorry, which have been spoken, and we also know that they have been translated by the gift and power of God, for his voice hath declared it unto us, that we have seen the engravings which are upon the place, and have been shown unto us the power of God, and not of man. We declare with words of soberness that an angel of God came down from heaven and he brought and laid before our eyes that we beheld and saw the place, the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, that we beheld and bear record that these things are true. And it is a marvelous in our eyes. Nevertheless, the voice of the Lord commanded us that we should bear record of it. Wherefore, to be obedient unto the commandment of God, we bear testimony of this thing. And we know that if we are faithful in Christ, we shall rid our garments of the blood of all men and be found spotless before the judgment seat of Christ and shall dwell with him eternally in the heavens. And the honor be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, which is one God. Amen. So at the end says Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris. That is the name of the three witnesses. It is important to, to, to take in account this because tomorrow we are going to visit a little bit this because uh, we are going to enter into, into that in, in, in a comparison in between writing. So um, I mentioned this because the problem the problem is that when you turn the page, you turn the page, and the next page says, and the testimony of eight witnesses. And, uh, and yesterday I mentioned that one of the problems that they do have, in fact, in history, is that three witnesses, the first three witnesses, abandoned the church. They left the church. Uh, everything happened in, um, in the branch of about 10 years, approximately. So, so the, the, the reason is that uh, suddenly, in between, be, between some of them return, get back into the church. But in between, there was no testimony about the existence of that. So that's the reason why the, the rationale is uh, the testimony of eight. But we're going to enter tomorrow into that because uh, that, is, that is a problem for them. And I'm going to show you the, what is the reason of, of the problem and what is the dynamic uh, of that. that. That is very interesting. It's amazing, the, the topic regarding that. Yes. No, the, um, Martin Harris never get back. 
No, Oliver Cowdery, that is family of the prophet, and David Whitmer get back, but not Martin Harris. Uh, my understanding, according to the bibliography, is he never, he never get back. So in uh, 1830, they printed out the, um, the first version of the Book of Mormon, and they organized the church. And in 1833, Joseph Smith elected, was elected as the president of the new organized church. And in 1842, he um, became a mason. Yesterday, we were mentioning a little bit about that. I don't know if I'm going to have um, with too much emphasis regarding that, but basically, uh, let me tell you that in the temples, they distinguish churches and temples. If you are an official member of the, of the church, um, yesterday I received um, um, a, a verbal hint that I'm going to check, but I'm going to share with you, uh, that normally they are checking with auditors about the offerings to the church, by the way. They are, they are sending audits to the members if they are paying faithfully uh, tithe and offerings. And let me tell you that in, instead of giving the, the support for the missions, uh, the tithe is dedicated to the temples and churches. And, uh, and if you have been in, in Washington, D.C., and you are, you know, going into surrounding the area very close to the General Conference, to the, in which we have the, the headquarters, there is one of the biggest um, sanctuaries in, in that area, I'm going to show you pictures, but let me tell you that there is a lot of money <coughs> in that kind of, of, in, of buildings, and of course in, in Salt Lake City too. And there are, there are temples across the world. Here is one, by the way. When you, when you came out from <coughs> Buenos Aires downtown, going to the airport, you are going to see this into the right hand, uh, going to the Ezeiza International Airport in Buenos Aires. And I, and I took the, this picture, that, that is the cover of the book. I took it because I visited, and they were open um, to the general public for 15 days, approximately, um, um, in which they are going to show you where they are going to perform special ceremonies like the marriage for eternity and so on. And also, they are not going to mention very freely, but they perform in the sanctuaries, in the temples, the baptism for the dead. Um, I'm going to, to, to take some time in the following days to, to explain a little bit about this. But this, this is private, and this is coming from this, because in no other religion you are going to find out that, um, yes, that you are going to be uh, in some kind of secrecy or privacy for developing some kind of rituals like in, in the Mormons. But this is coming from the Masons. Because um, technically what it happened is that Joseph Smith um, took off 
elements from the Masons, brought them up, Christianized them, and apply into the temple uh, for, for these things. I'm going to explain a little bit about more. I am just covering part of the history here. In 1843, Joseph Smith received a um, controversial revelation about um, polygamy. Um, and it, it is plural marriages. Yes, it is, it is over there. Um, and uh, in 1844, he pronounced a very controversial speech regarding the, the view of the Godhead. And I, and I uh, you know, I was tempted to, to short the, the, the reading. But, you know, at the beginning, in the testimony of the three witnesses here, they say at the, at the end about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Not always this is consistent in, in the line, in the timeline of the revelation of Joseph Smith. By the way, um, it, is, it is important. I don't know if I'm going to have certain time to, to discuss the views about that, but probably in the following days I'm going to do. 1844, Joseph Smith died in Carthage, Illinois, close to Nauvoo, and he's, he didn't die of a heart attack. No cancer? No. No, he was... He was murdered. Yes, he was murdered. And, and this, is a, this is a place. This is a place, and I filmed that... I took the time, thanks to my family that helped me. Uh, we visited the place and took some pictures regarding that. And there is a monument um, in the place of the two uh, brothers, Joseph and Aaron Smith, um, that was with him in that, in that moment in which he was attacked. And, and, and you see an early description that is over there falling from, from the window in which... Uh, he was. Both. Both were killed. So after after um, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young took the leadership of the church, and here is a, a picture that is uh, free in the internet regarding Brigham Young and the wives, and uh, of of course. Um, um, it, it is, it is uh, quite interesting, the, the topic. Sorry um, for, for this, but here is part of the problem that I've been, I've been thinking in. I am, I'm going to, to share with you this. There are several dates that call my attention. One is 1827, the other is 1844. In 1827, Joseph Smith received the golden plates. We already saw that. But this is the year in which Ellen G. White was born. So it, 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 is, it is curious. It is, it is, it is interesting. The other is 1844. And, uh, and, and recently, I came up with, a, came up with an idea that, that we, need to, we need to share with them about these things, because my perception is that in, in 18, 
1844, something like a kind of smoke screen uh, happened into the times in order that, that the people were distracted about the prophetical events that they are going to be fulfilled. And in 1844, it's the death of Joseph Smith, and also is the, is the time in which the General Conference, or better, uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church was born. Not yet the, the General Conference, that is 20 years later. But, but, but when, when you think about, about all the things that happened, I don't know if I'm going to summarize briefly, but you are going to see that several other elements are going to happen around this. Let me, let me see if I can correct this and to finish or end up this. But it's related also with the disciples of Christ, also with the evolution theory that is born. And, um, and there are several other things that is the born of the uh, spiritistic movement. And I've been, in my visit over there, I discovered that uh, between Palmyra, that is the place the, in which the Book of Mormon was printed, the first printing was in, in, in here, and, and Heathsville, <laughs> you're going to see that it's about maybe 10 miles of difference. Maybe nine. All, all depends the, the way you are going to take to, to turn, but you don't need to go back to the 1890. But if you go internally, like in the old times, it is very short place. It's a very, very, very short distance between, between both of them. And what, what is the point here? The point here is that here is or the place in the Witch of Mormon was printed. And here is the place in which modern spiritualism, they call themselves, spiritism, that is the, the background of the Sister Fox's home inside that place. When I went with, uh, with my family, my daughter was a little bit reactive and say, I don't want to, to enter into this and say, we are researching. We are not going to convert ourselves to any of these places. Just we are researching, investigating, because, because that, that is the part of, the, of a district that we are going to, to take in view to you. So the hypothesis behind it is that is that is here, um, and when you when you check this, and uh, when I was finishing my master's degree in South America, I <laughs> that was my this is a, the, the the main thesis in those days. Uh, the hypothesis behind is that a social context. The ideological context, the spiritual atmosphere, uh, the values, the religious trends, and the information, thank you, the information shared, and the knowledge of certain historical social context, monumental, highly probably may impact the human beings that lives in the same context. 
and uh, because we are not islands. And this is called sociologically uh, the barn over district. It's a theory. I understand that. But you know, there are several elements that are coming up, and let me show you what are them. And this is this belongs to to my time here. Um, seekers. Uh, you are going to see that seekers were in that place in those days, and seekers were uh, independent, independent affiliated, in, independent of any other religious movement, and Joseph Smith will start a movement saying that all other religious movements are wrong. So in certain sense, this is going to, to have a kind of feeling with the seekers, by the way, also with Islam. I'm going to show you in the following days regarding that, because you are going to see several things in communion besides the fact that it's an angel, that it's a book, and there is a community, and there is a headquarters, and there is a prophet, and so on, and there is polygamy. You are going to, to enhance that, and you are going to see, and you are going to ask yourself and say, hey, what, 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 what's going on? But I will say it's a, a phenomenic, I will call, comparison in between the Muslims and the Mormons, both with them. It's interesting. Maybe an accident, you know. And um, the others, seekers, denied the authority of the Bible. And uh, the Mormonism is quite interesting because the article of faith, number eight, says, we believe the Bible is the word of God as far as it is translated correctly. And we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God. So, the Book of Mormon, no questions about the Book of Mormon. For them, the questions are regarding the Bible. So, it's interesting. And, and I put down the link in the internet uh, where you are going to find out some kind of more information regarding the same, the same topic. Um, um, again, with the seekers, they reject the idea that only an organized ministry may baptize. And it's interesting. Why? Because in Mormonism, Oliver Cowdery, one of the witnesses that appears here in the, in the first page, one of the three witnesses, is family related, by the way, with uh, Joseph Smith, baptized Joseph Smith, and Joseph Smith baptized Oliver Cowdery. And, and that is in elements of history of the church. By the way, the page, I don't know if it's English or Spanish, but um, let me tell you that is, uh, is, is over there. And, uh, and here is a representation by an artist um, that is not Harry Anderson, by the way, uh, regarding the baptismal service uh, in which uh, Joseph Smith baptizes Oliver Cowdery. Um, and, um, and the Jakers, different, different movement. They say that the fallen man was due 
to an auto-indulgent use of sex. And in the second book of Nephi, chapter 2, verse 25, they say, Adam fell that men might be, and men care that they might have joy. Joy. So, um, uh, uh, it, is, it is interesting the relationship in between. Um, Shakers, too, um, they um, uh, denied the Trinity, and uh, the Trinity, um, according to them, was a monstrous scheme. And Smith says, and this is History of the Church, Volume 6, pages, um, sorry, the, the, the uh, double P has to be 473, 479, says, I say that it's a strange God anyhow. Three in one, one in three, it is a curious organization. He, he mentions that. So, so it is important that you, you read that because the beginning of the Book of Mormon says um, something different. Shakers also made dialogue with beings that used to be mortal beings before. And keep in mind this. We are going to visit, to revisit this. Because um, I'm, I'm very sorry for, for this. Uh, I was wondering how long, and it happened. Um, be patient. Let me see if I can regain contact with them. Um, with uh, presentations coming. Okay. Um, the Shakers made dialogue with beings that used to be mortal beings. How do you call the connection of a human being with a being from beyond? Spiritualism. Spiritualism. Technically, you can call necromancy. Necromancy is the technical word, and, and if, you, if you search, you are going to see that. Um, necron is coming from the Greek, necron, that is necros, that is the person that died. Mancy means a kind of interconnection, dialogue with that. So that is, that is the mantra involved in that. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because um, I, I will say this, the majority of the analytics studies regarding Mormonism jump over the area of spiritualism. And I'm going to enter into the presentation in this week briefly. I don't know if I can cover in 15, 20 minutes, but I'm going to take all the time needed in order to, to share the information because they are in this kind of setting in my mind. Angel Mornai, um, before being a, an angelical being or, or enjoying angelic status, was an inhabitant of this land, and that is the, the source of the giving of the Book of Mormon to Joseph Smith. It is interesting that in that district, the Barnover district, also was a lady called Jemina Wilkinson. And that is, uh, she lives in between 1752 and 1819. She was a very charismatic religious leader 
that govern her colony with visions. And that is quite interesting because Joseph Smith did that. Joseph Smith conducted his movement by visions and revelations. And he comes to the people and says, look, the Lord show me about multiple wives. It's a revelation of the Lord when he to obey that. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Um, let, me, let me finish and I'm going to take questions probably around before five minutes before I finish. And uh, keep the question or write the question if you, if you have in mind. So uh, the other thing is that it is, this, this is important. When I went to Boston, but by the way, I do have a family member over there, Emanuel Swedenborg, and um, it was a um, Swedish scientist, philosopher, mystic, and theologian. And until today, in the area of Boston, Massachusetts, there are several movements affiliated with, um, with some kind of connections with, um, um, with Swedenborg. They, they call themselves Swedenborgians, and they are reading Arcana Celestae or something like that, and he believed in three degrees of glory in heaven. The natural, the celestial, and spiritual. And Joseph Smith believed in three degrees of glory. Celestial, terrestrial, and celestial. So, uh, at the beginning, you know, in South America, when I was writing this book, and I put that version, I say, well, maybe I am, I am, I am, I don't, I don't know if I am talking to people that might, follow up about this, but today, no questions about that. There is a kind of connection in between Swedenborgians' movement with Joseph Smith is very clear because there is no other movement with this kind of three degrees of glory. Um, and also, there are a couple of other things coming from Immanuel Swedenborg. Uh, Swedenborg says God is a divine man. Keep in mind that. Please, put it in your pocket here for a while. I'm going to revisit this idea. Because you are going to see that this is a concept that is coming up also in Mormonism very clearly. And um, of course, that is, that is part of the, the, the kind of um, and I am not talking about Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, about evolution uh, of man into the divinity, but this kind of thing, it, it is in Swedenborg. Smith says, God himself was once as we are now, and is an exalted man and sit enthroned in yonder heavens. And this is in the sermon funeral sermon of King Folliot in April 7, 1844, and is recorded in History of the Church, Volume 6, pages 302-317. So, I say a couple of things. Uh, Emmanuel Swedenborg too. Swedenborg believed that angels are human beings, or were human beings, before the angelical condition. And in Mormonism, Moroni, before being an angel, used to be an inhabitant of this world 
a, a human being. So uh, here are some things. What is the relationship with another movement? And we are in this area. There are there are several of these Masons, Freemasons. Freemasons were a secret society, and look this quotation of the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon, um, the third book of Nephi, uh, chapter three, verse nine. And behold, I am Gadianhi, and I am the governor of this secret society of Gadianton. Secret society of Gadianton. In the Book of Mormon, in America, before Christ. So it's, it's quite interesting. Which society and the works thereof I know to be good and they are of ancient date and they have been handed down unto us. So Freemasons too, they believe in secret combination, passwords and so on. Book of Mormon, a book Ether, chapter 8, verse 22 says, and whoever nations shall uphold such secret combination. And in the book of Elaman, chapter 6, verse 22 says, And it came to pass that they did have their signs, yea, their secret signs, and their secret words, and this that they might distinguish a brother who have entered into the covenant. You, you know, when, when you when you split a little bit the, the jargon that is used here, and you interconnect. This is not coming from the Bible. This is not coming from Jesus. This is not coming from the Old Testament. This is not coming from, from, from the New Testament. This is not coming from, from Paul. Where is it coming from? It's coming from Freemasons. And, of course, uh, you are going to see that is a very clear perception in, in the writings of him. Among Masons, one of the titles was Master. And in the book of Mosiah, chapter 5, verse 31, in the Pill of, of Great Price, says, Mahan, the Master. It's one of the titles that appears. And Masons perform secret rituals and ceremonies and so on. And the Mormons' rituals in their temples are secret. That, that, that is something that differentiates them with any other religious movement, evangelical, Catholic, whatever, you are going to find. So it is quite interesting. Let's talk briefly about the Book of Mormon. When you talk to the Mormons, it is, I don't know if you are going to, I, I, I don't know, some of you study with the Mormons? Some, some of you? Study, take studies, Bible studies with Mormons. Give Bible studies to Mormons. Never? Okay. This quotation, it is, it is one important. And when ye shall receive the things, I will exhort you that ye will ask God, the eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask, with a sincere heart, 
with a real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, a what? Unbelievable. Well, it's... it's uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, but by the way, this is, this is a kind of appeal. It's kind of appeal. Remember the section of the appeals. Remember the section of appeals, because uh, we, are, we are going to... I, I don't know if I have time in the, across the, this, this presentation, because um, sometimes the time is short. But when, when you read the Book of Mormon, keep in mind this. In the times in which Joseph Smith was working in the translation, quotations in between translation of the Book of Mormon and, and the Golden Plates, there was a kind of revival in Palmyra. And um, one of the preachers um, in those days came up and visited, and it is quite interesting that when you read the Book of Mormon and and you you think in in the and you are in the perfect place to understand what I'm going to say. Because you are in a camp meeting. And and camp meetings were celebrated in that district several times. Several, several times. And you are going to find out that the vocabulary, the appealings and so on, are sociological, very clearly interconnected with the spirits of the camp meetings. Very, very, very clear. So that is going to be, when you read it, you are going to see that very spontaneously is going to appear into your eyes because it's going to, to, um, to, to attract your eye into the topic. Orson Pratt's statement says, the Book of Mormon claims to be a divinely inspired record written by a succession of prophets who inhabited ancient America. It professes to be revealed to the present generation for the salvation of all who will receive it and for the overthrow and damnation of all nations who rejected this book must be either true or false. True or false, says. If true, it is one of the most important messages ever sent from God to man, affecting both temporal and eternal interests of every people under heaven to the same extent and in the same degree that the message of Noah affected the inhabitants of the old world. Is if it is one of the most cunning, wicked, bold, deep-laid impositions ever planned upon the world, calculated to deceive and ruin millions who will, um, uh, who will sincerely receive it as the word of God and will suppose themselves surely built upon the rock of truth until they are plunged into their, uh, with their families into hopeless despair. The nature of the message in the Book of Mormon is such 
that if true, no one can possibly be saved and rejected, and if false, no one possibly be saved and received. Orson Pratt is a, was an elder of, of the Mormon church. Yes, it's says. Yes, yes, it's astonishing. That, that's the reason I am sharing. I, I, I do have, uh, by the way, I put it in Spanish also, and I reserve a page into this statement, and I translate uh, that uh, because it's, it, it is it is serious. It, it is important. I, I put this statement in one of the page in, in the book, and I put a frame around this because uh, it, it is quite appealing, I will say, to the point. What is the scriptures in, in the in the for the Mormons? Well, um, the Book of Mormon, doctrines on covenants, the Pill of Great Praise. And, uh, and the Bible until, of course, it's translated correctly. When, when it says there, the Day of Mormon is the Book of Mormon. Sorry for the mission. I guess I need to review a little bit about that presentation. Okay, um, coming back about the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith, the prophet, is the instrument whom God used to translate this record, testified that... The Book of Mormon was, and see this, the most correct book on earth and the keystone of our religion. And a man will get nearer to God by abiding by his precept than by any, any other book. So, 2 Nephi 1.14, Awake and arise, from the dust, and hear the words of a trembling parent whose limbs ye must soon lay down in cold and silent grave from whence no traveler can return a few more days, and I go the way of all the earth. When I was reading this, I was in South America. I can tell you the place in which I was. There is in my country, Uruguay, a very tiny village in which there is an institution. I was walking and I, I read that and I say, whose limbs ye must soon lay down in the cold and silent grave from whence no traveler can return. Of course, there are some, the, the, the metaphor, you know, the metaphor of, of, the, of the traveler that is going into that direction and a destiny from which is not going to get back is quite interesting. Um, William Shakespeare, Hamlet, Act 3, third, but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns. It's, it's interesting. You know. Okay, I, I don't know if I have it here. So when you compare this Hamlet and the Book of Mormon, you're going to say, wow, 
here is quite interesting um, because you can see the metaphor that is harmoniously, harmoniously you know, devised, put into, the, into that presentation. And, um, and I, I, I mentioned that. By the way, I put it in, in the book. So um, I received some critiques from the Mormons, and, uh, and, and they put, you know, a kind of target on that. Uh, I didn't recant about that. Um, I only can accept one thing that also is a metaphor coming from the book of Job that probably also is going to be connected with Shakespeare. However, uh, the vocabulary, when you, when you put it in English, it's very clear. Translation. By the way, I, I was reading, I mentioned yesterday, I was reading Shakespeare, I'm sorry, in Spanish. So when I, when I grasp that, I say, wow, this is, this is something that it called my attention. And uh, of course, um, that, that was the, the input coming. So um, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in, in the magazine, in an early magazine of the times of, of Joseph Smith, uh, that is called um, the Times and Seasons, Times and Seasons, November um, 1842. Joseph Smith says, the error I speak of is the definition of the word Mormon. He mentioned. Uh, I guess it's coming. Yes, coming. It has been stated that this word was derived from the Greek word Mormon. Choo, 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 choo. Well, this is not the case. And he clarifies and says, there is no Greek or Latin upon the place from which I, through the grace of God, translated the Book of Mormon, let the language of the book speak for itself. So, no, no Greek, no Latin. Okay. So, when, when you go here, I don't know if uh, you have the version of the Book of Mormon, some of you. You have it. Um, Third Nephi, chapter 9, verse 17, uh, says this. I am the light and the life of the world. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, in the Book of Mormon. And he says, the prophet, there is no Greek or Latin. No Greek or Latin, really? Alpha and Omega, that is the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last one of the Greek alphabet. So we're there. I am the light and the life of the world. I am the Alpha and Omega and the beginning and the end. Third Nephi chapter 9, verse 17. But look about this. This, this is going to, 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 to put your head out for a little bit. 
And because my words shall his fall, many of the Gentiles shall say, a Bible, a Bible, we have got a Bible, and there cannot be any more Bible. Second Nephi, chapter 29, verse 3, written about 559 before Christ. Took notes, took a picture, think about, but... Uh, if you didn't know, brothers and sisters, there was a Bible mentioned 500 before Christ in America. And, and before there was a Bible known in Europe and in the world. Because the word Bible comes from Biblos, that is, means books, you know. And uh, it was a port. Um, and from that comes the background of the concept of the collection of books. So there is something in There is something, isn't it? We need to tell them. We need to talk to them about that. Because there is a, a very, very, very gross in, inconsistency here. Because this is about 559 before Christ. Let me share with you. The Old Testament is one part of the Bible and yet was not finished. And the New Testament was not written and is mentioned as a Bible. What kind of Bible is a Bible with no New Testament and just with a collection of suction in between? So I guess that we need to we need to take time to think about and maybe to think how we are going to give testimony to them regarding these topics. Um, if you have some questions, bring that to me tomorrow, and I'm going to take at the beginning, take notes about that, or bring me in, in written. Let's have a word of prayer, and we are going to finish in this moment. Father in heaven, thank you for these moments. And help us to work out these situations that we were developing today in order to, to bring a powerful testimony based upon the Bible to our um, friends in this community. Father, they need to know you. They need to know your truth. They need to know your salvation because you are our fathers and we are from you because you created us all. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.